in you. Hearing noise in the house. You know, at least I know like, I have it for uh, Katie. What, if you hear a noise in the house, what happens to me? Elbow. I heard something. What is it? I go, I don't know. Well, oh, it might be, what is it? It might be, might be someone in the house. Right? That happens if you, there's a story of a, you know, of a, of a, of a guy asleep in his bed like that. And, and, and the wife hears something and she, whap. Oh, what is it? It might be someone in the house. And the guy goes, okay, okay. This happens over and over for this man. For 20 years, this has been happening. This time he gets up and he goes down. And lo and behold, there actually is a thief in the house. So the guy goes, wait, wait, before you run away, will you come to, can I I show you to my wife? And the thief is like, what, what? And the guy's like, yeah, she's been expecting you for 20 years. That's a funny joke about expectations and anticipating. In the today's passage, we're seeing someone else whose life was fully characterized by expectation of, of wanting to see God work. This man's name was Simeon. We're going to look at today in Luke 2. So you got your Bibles, open up to Luke 2. We're going to start in verse 21. Our story so far, remember, we're covering the, the, the birth of Jesus. We, we, we've covered almost all of Luke 2 or uh, 20 verses so far, looking at the birth of Jesus and, all the, and, and how miraculous it was and how it happened. Now it all points to him as the Messiah and different people that God used to bring his message. And today, you know, um, you know Mary and Joseph, they, they've, they've had their baby in Bethlehem. Um, and, and now that they're going to be good Jewish parents and, and do the right thing of, of doing the, the rites that they're supposed to and the purification, what we'll get into. And along the way, they're going to run into this man called Simeon. And that's who we're going to look at today. So let's, uh, we got Luke 2, starting in verse 21. <laughs> at the end of eight days... When he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This was what was supposed to happen. If you're eight days circumcised and given a name, just like what happened with John the Baptist. Going on in verse 22. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took 
him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul too, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Now, the, the first thing this passage gives us is a few insights into uh, Joseph and Mary, which is, 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 is very good. But we see that they're being good parents. I mean, they're following the law as laid down. And so they come to uh, Jerusalem for two reasons. Uh, the first one was for a purification. After a, a birth, a woman uh, would be considered ceremoniously unclean. And she wasn't allowed in the temple. She wasn't allowed around people while she was considered unclean according to the law. And so according to Le- 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 Leviticus 12, 41 days after birth, that's when she could go and be, uh, and be purified at the temple and be, be declared clean. So we know this event is at least 41 days after the birth. So that's the first reason we see that they come up uh, to Jerusalem. And the second reason is to present their firstborn before the Lord, uh, which is also f- uh, following the law out of Exodus 13. And we see a couple things about Joseph and Mary um, that... This passage shows they were poor. They, uh, they, they received from the sacrifice that they used, according to verse 24, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So in the, according to the law, those who had more money could sacrifice a lamb or a sheep um, for this, this uh, offering of the firstborn to the Lord. Uh, but if you didn't have the funds, you could go in and, and buy a couple birds to bring in to be sacrificed as well. Um, and this shows that they were poor um, by the fact that they chose birds. And, uh, and aside here, this also points to the fact that the wise men didn't come until after all of this. Remember, we had talked about how the wise men didn't come till probably about a year after the birth because if the wise men had been there at the birth and presented their their gifts you're talking about mary and joseph having gold (laughs) frankincense and myrrh there's no way they're getting by with just buying a bird for this offering they would have had to buy a sheep Um, but they're still poor at this point because the wise men haven't come yet and so they're still poor and they offer the 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 birds so these are some Nice little insights we can kind of pull from Mary and Joseph. But as we talked about, the main character, the main focus in this passage is Simeon. This man, Simeon. And we're going to look at Simeon for what we're going to draw out of this. And I called, (laughs) I'm not clicking. You just advance my slide. I call them my sermon Simeon's AARP. 
Now, before anyone gets mad, I'm not selling AARP. AARP. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> pushing them. Uh, but uh, in the course of, of building uh, my uh, slide, I realized um, th- th- these are ways and these are uh, f- uh, four words of how Simeon responded. In, in, in looking for God's work to, to anticipate him coming, wh- wh- how was uh, Simeon acting? How was how, how he, he doing things? Um, and so we have four key words here, and they just happen to come out to AARP. Uh, and so um, there will be four key words as we look for God's work. What, we should, what should we be, be doing? What, what should be our, our feeling? And the first one we're going to see is anticipation. In the next slide. We look for God's work. We should be filled with anticipation. This is the, the first A, anticipation. We have uh, back in verse 25, we, we are introduced to this man, um, uh, Simeon, a man in Simeon and this man was righteous and devout. He, he was, he was a, a good man. He, he loved the Lord. He, he followed the law. He, he did what he, would, he had to do or he, in following the Lord. And we also read um, that, that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And, and remember, um, for those of us you know, that are post-Pentecost, you know, when the Holy Spirit was given to the church, you know, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Before Pentecost, remember, and especially in the Old Testament, you see it, when, when God needed to use a person for a special task or need some special empowering, the Spirit was upon him. You see him along, along you know, Gideon, Samson, and David, you look, you know, you know, and you'll see where the Spirit came upon him. That's the Holy Spirit coming upon him and filling him for that task, for that purpose of what God needed to do, but then after that's all done, the Holy Spirit would, would then leave him. And so when you see the, uh, the, these words, you know, pre-Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was in him, that's a big deal. That's a very big deal because this is, this is a person that is, that is filled with the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose. And this is a major purpose of to looking for the Messiah. So we had the, 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 the Spirit... Um, now, we, we, uh, we don't know how long he had been waiting. Um, we don't know if it was, you know, days. I, I, don't, I don't think it was days. I think it was longer. Months, years, maybe even decades. You know, we don't know. <laughs> Just know that Simeon, from the time he had been told, he, he doesn't know when, when that's going to happen, other than the fact that the Spirit had assured him he would see the Messiah before he died. And so he's waiting for the consolation of, of Israel. That's the Messiah who would encourage and console Israel. And that this is an Old Testament uh, term pointing to the Messiah. Now, a couple notes on Simeon. I don't think he was a priest. Uh, Luke never spells that out. And, you know, like when Luke uh, just, you know, the previous chapter before dealt with Zechariah, he immediately said Zechariah was a priest. Luke never says that here. I don't think he was a priest. Um, he was just a very devout guy that lo- loved the Lord. Um, and he says they were in the temple. Uh, this wouldn't be in the inner courtyards because uh, women weren't allowed in the innermost parts. Uh, they were on the outskirts. Um, 
And so the Greek word there used for temple is a word that refers to the, the entire temple area, uh, not just to the, the innermost uh, temple. So Simeon was a good man. He was a devout believer. He was filled with the Spirit. <laughs> and apparently he, he must have been somewhat of a patient man. I don't know what that feels like. I've never been a patient man. Uh, but he had been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Lord. He, he's been living expectantly. He, he, he knows God's going to work. He's just been waiting in anticipation for the arrival of the Christ, uh, the Messiah. And see, anticipating something's great, isn't it? Right? Uh, we, I know around here we got a lot of baseball fans. I know in my wife's family, I mean, they're all about baseball. They love baseball. And, you know, every spring, you know, spring training gets going just an hour south of here, uh, which I think, you know, to baseball fans, we're one of the holy areas of baseball that we have, you know, teams right down an hour down the road. You know, and, and it's the anticipation of opening day, right? And opening day, the stands are packed. Everyone's excited that baseball season is here. You know, they, they know the date that the, the season's going to start. But what happened this year? <laughs> They're full of anticipation that baseball starting, spring training was going, opening day was all scheduled, and then everything was canceled. Because <laughs> of what's going on with the coronavirus. And that not really stinks when you have such anticipation for something and then it fails, it, it, it falls through, right? And that can kind of leave a, a mark on us. But when we look to God, when we look to His work, does God ever fail us? No. God never messes up. We always know He is always working. He's always working on his plan to restore this fallen world. So even in, in the midst of everything going on with, with the coronavirus, we should still be anticipating to, to, to see God's restorative work. You know, Simeon held to the promise of the Messiah even in the midst of Roman occupation, of Roman oppression, he still had the hope that I am going to see the Messiah before I die. So we should be anticipating seeing God work. And it may be hard to see, but God is working even right now. Now we may have to peel back layers of our sin, peel back uh, the layers of our fallen world to, to see it, but he's there. I know for certain one great awesome thing he's doing. So if there's anyone listening right now that otherwise would have, has, has never come to Mayor Church or maybe has never stepped foot in a church building, that's a good thing that's coming from this that God is using. If you're one of those that are watching, remember God has you, a plan. You are part of his plan. God has a purpose for your life. So I encourage you, even in the midst of what is going on right now, and really, now more than ever, we should be anticipating. We should be looking forward to seeing God at work, to go look for it, to, to be a part of it. So when we look for God's work, we should be filled with anticipation. And secondly, we should 
adore and respond. So Simeon's been waiting and waiting. We don't know how long he, he, he's, he's in the, the, the temple, well, probably worshiping the Lord. Remember, this is a crowded area. You know, this isn't like, like, like our church right now. Person here, person there, person over there. This, this would be a crowded area. This is a temple that needs to, needs to be you know, filled with other parents bringing their firstborn uh, to be consecrated before the Lord. Other women coming to be purified after, after giving birth. I mean, this would be filled. But you have Simeon who's walking along. And by the Holy Spirit, he knows exactly who it is. He sees the baby. And he makes his way through the crowd. And, and, and what does he do? He, he, he takes the baby and holds the baby. I mean, this, this would be, this, uh, this wouldn't fly in today's world. I mean, some random guy, <laughs> probably an older guy, comes up to a, a mom holding a baby and just takes the baby out of the mom's arms and goes, oh, you know, that would that, be hilarious to see today. Uh, but that's what happened. As, as, as he went up and, and he, he grabbed at this baby and he was like, this is the Messiah. Now, now we, we don't know exactly maybe what uh, Simeon was expecting when the Holy Spirit, you know, when God showed him that he, he would see the Messiah. I, mean, I, I think he was probably thinking of what when we know from the Jews, they were expecting the Messiah to be a military leader. Right, a, a warrior, someone who can lead Israel out from the, the, the Roman oppression, the Roman occupation. But yet, what a, how does Simeon recognize and, and, and see as the Messiah? A baby. A baby. He's been anticipating the Messiah. And he, and he sees it and he, he responds to it even though it's probably not what he was expecting, he still responds to it. He runs to the baby and he blesses God. He, he praises God. He adores God. And he adores this Messiah. Now, something we kind of lack today, I think, a little. We are a very self-centered people. We focus on ourselves. We focus on our plan. Our agenda. Even in, even in church, we often come to church thinking, I really need this. I really need the encouragement. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if that's the only thing, is that why we come to church? To make ourselves feel better? No. We come to adore God, to praise Him to worship him. So instead of, you know, we can acknowledge, yes, I've had a very busy week. It's been hard. But man, I just, I need this time to focus on the Lord. I need this time to push all the distractions aside and focus on the Lord, to praise him, to worship him, to adore him. That's what we should be doing. And not just doing it on Sundays, but doing it every day. We should be anticipating seeing God work around us to see his hand and what's going on. And our reaction should be to praise him, 
to adore him. I mean, we see Simeon has waited a long time for God to fulfill his promise, and he's finally seeing it fulfilled. Can you, can you just, just picture in your mind him making his way through the crowds, moving as fast as he can to get to Mary and Joseph? Imagine his eyes maybe filling with tears as he's drawing close to the Messiah that has been promised. Maybe his, his hands are shaking with just joy and excitement as he reaches out for this baby. Can you imagine taking that child from Mary and looking at it and staring at him with just total adoration, responding with worshiping to God, and then from that responding with this amazing proclamation. Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace. He's saying, oh, I can now die in peace because I have seen what will bring salvation to this world for all people, Jew and Gentile. He's seen it. And that's where in our third point, when we look to God's work, we should be filled with anticipation. We sh then we should respond with adoration and we should proclaim his work. After having this fulfilled and coming and blessing God, well, what does Simeon do? He, he just he proclaims the hope for everyone around him to hear. So Jesus is the salvation of the world. It is through Jesus alone that we can have access to the Father. It is through Jesus alone that our sins before God have been paid for by Jesus' death on the cross. We can have peace that Jesus offers. But it is only by admitting before God that we need help. That we have sinned. We, we have, have messed up our lives. And it is only by God's help that we can get things straightened out. And that is the peace that only Jesus brings. Not anyone else. But Jesus wasn't only going to be bringing peace he would also be bringing division and pain even to his own mother as Simeon then said when he went to the parents he said this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many and even to Mary he says a sword will pierce through your own soul Mary you see, would see her son tortured and murdered Jesus would bring about division because he would make it clear that sin is real. And that because of sin, we are apart from God. See, he came, Jesus came to break down this practice of, of looking good on the outside. I've got everything in control. I know what I'm doing. But really, being totally and utterly dead inside. Jesus came to just break that down. And Jesus would go, literally, he would literally go to the heart of the matter. Where is your heart? And who does it follow? Sin or God? There's only two choices. That's why I love, you know, here at Mayor Community Church, we aren't a people that walk around with 
superiority complexes. We don't, we don't walk around with holier-than-thou complexes. Look at me. I'm a Christian. I'm going to judge the world. No. We are people that we gather together, whether in person or online. We love one another. And we love Jesus because we know that we are sinners. And we know that we are nothing without Christ. Because of what God has done in our lives. Not because of what we have done, but because of what God has done in our lives. We seek to tell others about Him. To proclaim His goodness. And we look back at Simeon on that day. A day that began like any other. He was probably in his normal routine. You know, while he went to the temple at his normal time, he would go to worship the Lord, um, you know, doing his normal thing. And then God showed up <laughs> in a big way in a tiny baby. And Simeon acted on what God did. So here we are, a day that began like any other day. We're going about our daily routines with a little twist of having to do church online. And maybe God is showing up right now. Maybe you're feeling that pressure inside to, to respond to God. Guess what? That's the Holy Spirit working on you. Maybe there are things to co- that are coming to mind that you need to respond to God. How are you going to respond? When, when, when this video is done... Are you just going to forget the things that are going on in your mind and in your heart? I mean, can can you imagine Simeon, you know, seeing the Messiah over across the way and going, huh, that's pretty cool, and keep on with his life? How are you going to respond? And he asks you to please respond. I was watching. If you if you have any questions, please contact the church. Comment on this video. Go to our our, our webpage and, and get them to the phone number. Call the church. Uh, contact a friend. Pray. Read the Bible. Do something of what God is putting on your heart today to respond. Because we should, as we look and we anticipate God's work, as we adore Him for what he's doing, and we respond to what he's doing, and then not only we respond to what he's doing, but we proclaim it for everyone to hear. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you gave us just awesome people for us to follow in the Bible, like Simeon today. Oh, Father, he, he is a guy that just loved you. And wanted to see you work and hung on that promise that you would work. Oh Lord, we we know that you have promised to take care of us. For those that love you, Lord, you, you have everything planned out for our good. But only for those that love you. Father, I pray if there's anyone listening today that doesn't love you, that isn't following you, they would make that decision to say, Lord, I, I want to follow you. And then because of that promise, Lord, they know that you have their good. And Father, maybe we've struggled, especially in the midst of what's going on, and saying, Lord, are you, are, you, are you still working? And we need to be reminded that it is a resounding yes, you are, Lord. 
And Lord, I pray that we would be looking for you working. And we'd go be a part of it and we'd respond as Simeon did. Oh, Father, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, a closing song.